0: Hi and welcome to the Tough Fish show. I'm your host Jen Millius and I'm so glad that you're here and I can't wait to introduce to you Elena Page. Elena Page is a middle grade author with a background in counseling psychology. She loves creating stories which inspire and transform young readers, either through empowering them, entertaining them, or encouraging them to be more creative and imaginative. Her books, while filled with magic and wonder, have real life characters with real life issues like fitting in, trusting yourself, dealing with inner conflict, and more. Her greatest value in life is creativity, nurturing it, enhancing it, and using it. She loves encouraging children to believe in themselves and accept their own way of creating, even if it's outside of the box. The most amazing creatives of our time rarely fit it in. Let's dive into the pond and meet Elena. to The Fish Show. I am so excited to bring to you Alana Page. Alana, thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: I am so glad you are here and I would love for you to start with how did you get into writing?
1: Gosh, I'm, I am not one of those authors that says, you know, I was writing when I was six, little stories. In fact, I know it sounds insane, but I used to think that fiction writers were born, not made. So I used to think, oh right, oh oh, that's a fiction writer. Like they were dropped from the stalk and okay. with a pen, and that <laughs> they could then write. And so it did not occur to me. And if you had told me that that would be a future career, I would, I probably would have burst out laughing, like <laughs> you know, like no way, cannot happen. And yeah, <laughs> here here we are, <laughs> and it's uh. Okay, yeah, kind of what I do now. So I it was sort of by accident. I was a counselling psychologist for a lot of years. But when I was really little, I used to say, when I grow up, I'm going to be an actor. And then my my parents, being of Greek origin, would be like, that is not a job, does not pay. So you're not allowed to be that. Uh, what else do you want to be? And it'd be I had like this secret thing. No, I'm going to be one. <laughs> but okay i'll be a lawyer instead so i went to law school and at the same time i somehow i ended up in psychology and it just seemed a better fit for me because even though i was really good at debating i uh, the the thing that everybody also said was oh you can't become a criminal lawyer because that's exactly like acting so you better go become a psychologist. So I did, long story short. And then many years later after doing that profession for a lot of years. And in that journey, I suppose, a lot of things that I used to do with clients just wouldn't work. A lot of clients would just keep coming back with their same problems over and over and over. So I you know, got a bit more alternative, I got into meditation and uh, and Qigong. Qigong is like a Chinese movement form for health and um, just everything, really open minded. I'm like, you know, whatever works, I'll use it. And I ended up having two children, and my eldest child would not go to bed at night. He was one of those kids that would just like jump on the bed and get hyper. And I bought some of those beautiful fiction meditations. They're really calm and sweet. And I would read these and they did not work. He was worse. So I thought, I wonder if I actually wrote something that that's actually very imaginative and kind of energetic and the guide talks to the child directly and actually kind of, you know, like almost paces them at their pace and then leads them down and sort of ties them out. And so that's what started. I just did it to help my son and I wrote Meditation Adventures for Kids is what, I just wrote it for the kids, not ever thinking I would publish this. And it worked. And they would sit outside the door and wait for me to do the next one the next day. So I, you know, and it was like a lot of fun. And then one day I listened, I accidentally found a podcast called The Creative Pen with Joanna Penn. And I heard this whole thing about publishing books. And I was like, do you know what? I could do that. And that's where the journey quite accidentally started it was a long way to tell you thank you listeners for sticking with the story but uh it was really very accidental and then as time's gone on I fell in love with telling story and as time's gone on I discovered you're not born a writer you can actually learn how to do this so I've sort of progressed now to kind of middle grade and you know writing stories that have I wouldn't say necessarily hidden messages, but kind of how I really focus on that transformation of the character. I think I'm still that psychologist in that regard, that that's the first thing that I kind of map out that important internal change in the character that I hope the reader kind of grows from. Oh that's my God. Jen. Thank you for listening. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh my But I, I loved every bit of that. And Okay, so here are a few things that that got to me. I love the fact that you talked about how the beginning was pacing with with your child. Like, instead of trying to just take them from this one spot and immediately not honoring the arc that they were going on in a sense, like kind of for some readers, maybe instead of automatically picking it up to slow down, might not have been the right pace for some readers. So instead, you adapted and went... little faster or went at their pace and then said but now we have to make some shifts and those shifts transform into a restorative evening but one that feels like wow my that was really cool i'm i can go to bed and dream even more about this until the next time but i love that you talked about right then the the character development, that the how important it is to to figure out that map. Would you talk a bit more about that? I think that's awesome.
1: Well, one of the things I also want to say about that, now that I have the opportunity to talk about it, I'm normally the one asking the questions on the podcast, so I'm like, <laughs> are you asking me? Oh my gosh, this is new <laughs> and amazing. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to talk now. Is that uh, also? What I find is a lot of books have the same sort of lessons, the same sort of transformations where, for example, you know, the main character, uh, they sacrifice themselves for the greater good. And that's kind of what we teach people, to sacrifice themselves for others. And as a female I am bloody sick. I don't know if Americans say that. Australians say bloody sick of uh, sacrificing myself for others <laughs> because we're grown up to be like the good girl that actually, you know, sacrifices myself. And I feel like books put that in there a lot. And I'm like, no, 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 no. My book's going to teach the main character and hopefully a whole generation of of little girls so they don't have to learn it when they're in their 40s like I did that it's okay to put yourself first. It's okay to actually love yourself. I know it's corny, self-love, but you know, it it is the core of everything. And when you genuinely love yourself and put yourself first, it does not mean that you're going to stomp on other people and be a very selfish horrid person. On the contrary, in my book the character by putting herself first and quote rescuing herself ends up rescuing everybody else. And and so the transformation is, it happens gradually. It happens still in the form of a really fun story. I hope so. This is what I'm aiming. I'm still learning <laughs> how to do that. And it does have the plots and the other characters and those poignant moments where they meet with other characters that reflect back to them, you know, the who they're being. So it isn't sort of like jammed in your face well I hope not the whole way through the book but but ultimately that transformation at the end is what gets the hero to save the days the hero is still the hero of the book and uh, I like to put those transformations in to create kind of a new generation of person yeah
0: what I'm hearing is the uh, basically taking the the protagonist and helping them see the beauty in themselves and when they do that then they help others to kind of shine their own little lights like because the, when the protagonist recognizes how amazing they are they kind of give the other characters in the book permission to do the same it's that's what I'm hearing and in which case your reader starts to recognize, well, if that's possible for them, maybe that's possible for me too. And that's what I'm hearing that you're doing.
1: Yeah? yeah. Like that's, that's one example. Yeah. And it's really funny that one transformation was in the splendid secrets of 66 Lily Pilly Lane, one of my books with a very long title. And, and, you know, a lot of women read middle grade as well. Mm. And it's really fascinating to look at the reviews almost from that perspective of how are people reacting to this, you know, lesson or transformation. And like one woman, for example, was like, this author's telling us to be selfish. I can't understand this. I But actually, as I read on, I kind of know what she means now. And it was almost like you could see in the review her transformation even at that age. It was yeah so I think like and it's probably a lot to ask of myself but it's almost like what I want to do whether I'm doing it or not it's a different thing is be a great storyteller first and foremost with great plots and storylines and amazing fun adventure to get kids and middle-aged women reading (laughs) again and uh, but also I want to have that sort of learning in there but also I almost want it to be this sort of Soft transformation that kind of does it without them even realizing, like that. Like, she, even in her review, she was sort of arguing, and that, but actually, I shifted. I don't know how I shifted. Maybe she'll see the world a little bit differently, you know. And that, that's one example. But, you know, for example, in one of my ev Everyday Witch books, she has to save the day. And in the end, she discovers she actually loves to draw and she's a witch so she's supposed to be a witch when she grows up but actually by the end of the book she's like you know what I'm going to be an artist when I grow up and I'm going to do what I love yeah even if it's not to be a witch so there's a bunch of different things I don't know how I come up with them to be honest it's sort of it's very intuitive I guess and you know some of them aren't necessarily like completely different they might be some things that are in other books like be yourself, but. Yeah, it's that that learning of that transformation is, I think, kind of key. And I know we're saying off air that, uh, you know, like uh, there's a lot of authors that say, you know, just make the book silly or whatever. It doesn't have to have a lesson in it so long as you get that child reading. And I, I agree with that. But that's just who I am. I cannot help myself. I'm kind of a transformational expert, I suppose, and I need to have that in there because, to me, stories actually change us in ways that counselling sessions and personal development, love all that stuff, but actually stories are even more powerful at transforming us. And I wish people knew that because I think everybody would read more fiction if they actually really understood that, you know? That's my take on it,
0: but that makes sense. Even though, I mean, even in nonfiction, when nonfiction has stories in there to to amplify the message that they're saying, it solidifies what they're teaching a little differently because you remember the story, and by mem- remembering the story, you remember the the feeling of that and the outcome. So what you're doing is applying that very principle inside fiction, inside middle grades and middle grade, goodness gracious, there's so much that a child is learning and going through. And what you're creating is a space of them recognizing in themselves how wonderful they are, or how the things that are unique to them are actually gifts and things that are, or that are beautiful to have. So I would love for you to talk a little bit more about. So when you are when you're developing the character. And I, I get wholeheartedly that it's an intuitive process. So what's coming up for me are two, it's kind of twofold. One of which is, so you're working through developing this character, you're working through what that arc is, what that transformation you want. How do you know when you are on the right track and when you feel a bit of a or if you feel a bit of a block or if you feel a bit of a this isn't it how do you work through that because sometimes I think when a writer is um, pushing themselves to to create something they might get in their head a little bit how could you help can you help them kind of get out of that when they're developing something like this
1: yeah it does happen and I you know some authors will sit down and plot their entire story I don't but I do plot the transformation and then and I just trust the story I just let it go a bit crazy you know so that sort of comes through me but I get stuck particularly at times with both aspects <laughs> quite a lot because often what I what I plan is not the transformation the character's taking right and and then not plotting probably gets me into trouble in a different way so i i have to trust what's coming through me in the moment so you know i have this funny story i often tell about when i was starting to learn how to meditate and i i would meditate this is insane, but I would meditate and I'd spend the entire 20 minutes planning my perfect breakfast. And I would consider every option of what there was to eat. But what's the perfect breakfast? I know I'm not, you're not supposed to do that in meditation, people, but that's what I was doing in meditation. And I—and then by the end of it, I knew what it was. It was perfect. It had perfect protein, fat, carbs. It was the perfect breakfast. And I would walk into the kitchen to make it and I'd be like, oh, I don't actually want to eat that nah I'm not gonna eat that and then I'm like hold on I just spent 20 minutes wasting my meditation planning the perfect breakfast right so and this is how it can feel as a writer we like we spend all this time preparing and mentally getting ready and being like okay I am ready now and then something totally different flows out of the fingers <laughs> and you're like what so I often sort of go what are these babies gonna make today you know surprise me and and I trust that. But if they're not making anything, I also trust that. So if there's nothing coming out of the fingers, there's nothing coming out of the plan that I've done, it doesn't seem right, something's blocked, I do tend to step away and give it a bit of time. But that can be a double-edged sword. So, you know, you can give it too much time and then I'm really scared to get back in there all over again as though I'm starting from being a baby writer. Um, and I'm psychotic you'll meet me in the street and I'll be like I can't write I actually can't write (laughs) and then I was like relax you've got this you can so yeah that can be a danger I find you know like sort of a walk sometimes talking it through with somebody somebody sometimes it's just giving it that little bit of time and then going again and it's okay to get it wrong to throw it out to sit at the desk and write nothing these are pain points that come up over and over again I do genuinely believe that no matter how long you've been writing or creating of any type you are just as terrified when you're about to bring a new baby into the world (laughs) you know you start again and it's 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 painful it's I don't know for me it is not enjoyable and then I go maybe I'm not supposed to be a writer because this isn't enjoyable and bless I have a 16 year old daughter who loves to read and she says oh no that's that means you are a writer that means you're a writer but she made me this this little coaster thing to put up on my wall and it says a writer writes so whenever I get stuck she's like look at the coaster what does it say a writer (laughs) writes so just start typing anything and so yeah it is it's a really it's a bit like this maybe that's just me but it's kind of like it does not go to plan your characters don't cooperate your story doesn't flow out the way you think in a beautiful way where you're sipping coffee and the birds are chirping and this beautiful story just flows from you it it's it's layered you know like all good creativity is layered so you've got almost like you know you do one layer where you just spit the thing out then you do you go back again and you maybe i need to add a bit more humor or emotion oh, did the character develop okay there? Maybe they're a bit in your face, you know, like (laughs) you should love yourself. No, we don't want that in the book. So, you know, (laughs) we need to, so there's, you just layer and layer and layer and layer until you've got this almost internal feeling of, I think that's done.
0: I love that. I love how you articulated an editing process too, without necessarily talking about it in the context of writing that, but the feeling of that. Did this feeling come through or did this intention come through, which is just as important as coming back and saying, I need to restructure what I have written and like looking at it technically. And I I just loved how you described that because it just, uh, it's spot on too. And you're right. It's something that every writer runs into in some way. It may not be on the first thing that they've written. It might be on a new genre that they've tried, or it might be on a particular scene that's really in their way, or maybe they thought it was at a great point. They take it to a critique and the critique feedback that comes through feels like oh, this isn't exactly what I, there's more that I need to do here. And what do I do with that? So all of what you just described shows that the writer going through a transformation, just like the characters are. And transformation is not necessarily smooth. It's a lot of times very bumpy and it's very uncomfortable and it's very, it can be messy, but it also has the potential to be beautiful. You know, as I'm hearing you describe everything that that's really the feeling that I'm getting from all of it. it's what I feel too. But I just, that is what I feel from what you're describing.
1: Yeah. And also whatever transformation, I don't know if this is just me, I'd love to know if other people do this, whatever transformation I'm taking the character on actually starts to play out in my own life. And so that then brings another layer of complexity, because like, for example, one of my uh, books with Evie She's it's a bit of a spoiler alert, but she comes actually. This book hasn't come out yet either, so this is a big spoiler alert. Uh, she meets the tooth fairy, and the tooth fairy, who's actually aka Mother Mola, loves to steal teeth. She's not nice, Uh-oh. she steals teeth, so oh. she steals everybody's, teeth. she takes Evie's teeth she takes everybody's teeth she's like I've got your teeth (laughs) like a bad uh, witch yeah (laughs) and at at one point I just could not even look at that book I was like I don't know what's gonna happen and then suddenly I was like oh my gosh like my weakness health-wise is my teeth (laughs) (laughs) so it was my fears were coming up my own like you know I've got to lose a tooth this year and I'm like the That she stole everybody's teeth and it it wasn't until I realized my own oh gosh this is this is sort of me like I've got to be okay with losing a tooth and and as soon as I did that pop the story just sort of rolled out again so that's you know just one example but even the self-love thing it was fine for the character to do it not me I completely you know look after myself Oh every time I'd get stuck I get stuck. So I I encourage people to actually look at that sometimes because I think we don't. We're like, we're writing fiction. Oh, are you writing fiction? And may I ask why out of all the professions in the world did you choose to write fiction? Oh, I would say it would be to transform yourself somehow, somewhere, <laughs> somehow, and and not to overlook that because I do find, I think that's a thing. That's going to be my, maybe I should write a book on that how to transform writing fiction
0: <laughs> but i i love that i because i think you're i think you're right that when you are writing a book whatever that book is and candidly whatever genre that is at least from my perspective i think the writer does go on a journey at least for me i have felt that within my own writing my own books that and each book had its own journey too it wasn't just the fact that even ones that were in a series, they still felt different because they were individual books versus a whole different genre. It was a different thing to embark upon, a different journey. So it did do those kinds of things. And the other part of that is when you work on book two, book three, whatever that book is for you, you have learned a lot more. You're starting at a new, a different level, which means you're able to move through some other things. Your writing has honed and your craft has improved. And yet you have a whole new level you're learning and you're going to push yourself more. So I hear so many different forms of transformation in this conversation. I just love this.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I think even, you know, the the, the really the boy authors who love writing you know potty humor and like the silliest of silly stuff I think there's still a part of them you know the little boy in them that says do you like me now I'm being silly do you like the silly me because maybe something in them wasn't validated back when they were like that naughty boy in class right and now they're almost giving permission to other, you know, silly, naughty boys who aren't silly and naughty. They're actually wonderful and expressive and creative and super fun, but that's how we label them, yeah? And uh, so we label them in Australia. I'm guessing that's probably how we also label them in other countries. And, you know, like I gave birth to one of those children. <laughs> so, and and I love that, and, and yet it's not celebrated. So those authors, they bring through that, And they're probably healing themselves while they're also healing that new generation of little boys that are growing up, you know? So there's, and and absolutely growing in their own techniques and their own ways that they're expressing that so that it creates a stronger emotional experience because that's really what the writer's learning to do. And you said it earlier perfectly. Reading a book is not an intellectual experience, though a lot of people think it is. It's actually an emotional experience no matter what, even if there's no transformation, it is still an emotional experience to read the book. And that's really hard. Authors have to learn to do that. And it can take time and years and lots of critiques and lots of heartbreak from those horrible reviews. But the bad reviews are saying, I didn't feel it. I didn't didn't feel it. And they might not say it like that, but that's kind of what they're saying. So yeah, it comes back to the feeling every time
0: also the clarity of who your reader is too because you want to take that feedback and discern as well are you my target reader are you the ideal reader for this or was this really not your cup of tea you gave it a chance and yes it's good feedback but maybe it just wasn't your your a genre you liked or what have you and that's okay too oh my gosh I have loved this conversation oh my gosh Elena, where can people connect with you? Where can they get your books? I just am so glad that we've had this amazing conversation.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's been amazing. Yeah. So you can just find them at Elena or Elena. You can say it whichever way you like. E-L-E-N-A page, P-A-I-G-E dot com. And you'll find the links there that take you to all your different favorite platforms, be it Amazon or Apple or wherever you read your books from So you can get them in paperback. And hey, don't be afraid to go down to your local library and ask for them too. Because your local library can bring those books in, but people don't know that. So you can still borrow your favorite authors. And I'm assuming I'm going to be your new favorite author. You can actually borrow books from the library. And a lot of people don't actually know that.
0: I love that. And I know that you will become their next favorite author too. I (laughs) love that so much. Thank you so much for being on the show. You've just been such a joy to have on.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much for your amazing questions and for having me.
0: Thanks for listening today. I'm so glad you were here and know there were some valuable nuggets shared to keep going, keep writing and keep sharing your work. I'm a big believer that if you have a book that's in your heart to write, then there's someone else out there who needs to read it. Your story needs to be shared, so you have to write it and get it out into the world. Until next time, keep swimming upstream while going with the flow and get your book into the world. To learn more about Tough Fish and jump into the pond, visit jennifermilias.com forward slash tough fish.